this horrible year never end? We've never lost a year before, and I'll be damned if we're gonna lose one on my shift. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside episode 1050 of the Tall Can Audio podcast, our New Year's Eve spectacular. My name is Matt Robinson. Happy to be bringing you another edition of the podcast. We look back on a year where the Queen died, Tom Brady was revived, but ultimately Taylor Swift rules again. We bring in now our anti-hero, Maddie Lang. What's happening, buddy? <laughs> I really didn't know how you were going to go with that. <laughs> I, was, I was honestly worried about how you were going to choose me there. <laughs> it's New Year's Eve, my man. We're here to have oh, a good geez. time. How you been, man? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Good to... Uh... Hey, listen, checking another year off the list. Another one, we made it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how bad could it be? But doing pretty good, buddy. A couple hours left. I guess we can't speak too soon, right? But uh, hey. I'm doing all right, man. Um, you know, good holiday season. Nice to spend a little time with the family. Nice to get a little home cooking. What about on your end? How's the uh, the holiday season treated you? Man, outside of that little snowstorm we all got here yeah. in uh, southwestern, I can't even say southwestern Ontario, across uh, most of Ontario, uh, uh, pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. You know, nice little family time, a couple uh, cold beers and some good food and some mostly good company. Yeah, mostly good. That's all we can shoot for, right? That's all we can un, uh, we can pray for. Uh, you mentioned it. This is the time of year for pints. What'd you bring to the table for New Year's Eve? Oh, I, and listen, because it's the holiday season, I stepped my game up here. I, I couldn't come with a Coors Light. I couldn't come with a non-alcoholic beer. I, I got something a little different. This was actually a gift from my uncle. Good, One of my good uncles, I like yes. to say. Yeah. Uh, this, this one's from Refined Fool Brewing Company. Oh, I love those guys. And I picked this one specifically for this podcast. Um, I just realized it is 6.2% alcohol. So yeah. thank God this is a podcast, not video, uh, because I might have, might have my pants off by the end of it, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but this one is called a van full of weirdos. So picked on purpose. That is a uh, perfect pint for what we're doing here today. It's a nice IPA. I've had that one a couple times before. Um, okay, really right nice on. Stuff, yeah. A little juicy IPA. I'm trying to see. I've tried the tropical one uh, from from Refined Fool was really good. The uh, Satellite Dave. That okay, was yeah. uh, that was top notch. I really like that. And the Party Sharks. That one, I mean, that sounds like another one that would be good for a tall cane audio party. Um, that was, I mean, call it foggy IPA. That was another good one. Uh, but yeah, 6.5%. No wonder I had my pants off that day. Yeah, exactly. I, guess. <laughs> uh, I got one over here that was a gift as well. Uh, had some family that was uh, that was down in the U.S., so they imported this for me uh, from, uh, from Frankenmuth, Michigan, <laughs> the booming metropolis of Frankenmuth, Michigan. <laughs> Uh, this is called the Christmas Town Spice Dale. Uh, it's supposed to be a little bit darker, not like a stout reporter, but you know, kind of bordering on an amber. 
Um, so we'll see what that's all about. It comes in at about 6%. And I'll be honest with you, it is New Year's Eve, so I'm two-fisting her here a little bit. Got the uh, the, rum, <laughs> the rum and Pepsi sitting beside me as well. So uh, Nobody thought shows. otherwise. Yeah. Nobody thought otherwise for one second. <laughs> that's right. That's how we do it around here, right? So have you had the van full of weirdos before? Uh, I have not. So I'm just letting it settle in the glass here before I give it a good uh, sip. But I've been pretty. Uh, I don't know if I've had much of the refined pool in the past, but like I said, the uh, party shark, sh- party sharks. It is New Year's Eve. I'm already into it, right? That's right. And the uh, the tropical Dave uh, were pretty good, so I'm, I'm I got high hopes here. The uh, refined fool brewing company I'd had once or twice before, but when you were in town there, uh, maybe the biggest news item of 2022 for the thousandth episode of Tall Can Audio, uh, our buddy Josh left a uh, a 12 pack of refined fool. Uh, pints there uh, as kind of a congratulatory gift that I took to the ah. cottage with me and put away over the course of the rest of the summer. So uh, I've tried a bunch of their stuff now, and, and it, it's uh, it's really good. This one on first pull, the Christmas Town Spiced Ale. Spicy. Uh, it brings exactly what it says it's going to. Got a little something to it. Got almost like a, obviously this isn't exactly it, but almost like a peppery kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah. It's kind of nice, man. Not uh, not a bad way to kick off a New Probably Year's some, Eve podcast. Uh, trying to think what is that um like it's kind of like a clove like a ginger exactly. clove type exactly. thing or uh, yeah yeah okay that that sounds that sounds christmasy to me yeah, right festive right so uh, yeah well there'll be many more on a day like this i'm sure yeah i'm sure we could fit that in right right so uh look man there's a bunch of places we could start here as we move through this but we're gonna bounce around all over the place why don't we start where we started and that was Mr. Tom Brady comes out of a, what, six-week retirement to return to the NFL. I know you'll have thoughts on this, but I told you on the podcast, and look, I'm sure you knew better than me, but I took one look at that Instagram post that said I'm retiring went, nope, that's not how Tom Brady's going to end up retiring. This isn't permanent. This isn't the the final retirement. He ends up coming back. Look, the year's been what it's been in Tampa Bay. But uh, one of the biggest figures in sports, retired and unretired quickly in 2022. What did you think? I mean, obviously, it was an emotional time for me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that goes without saying. Any good listener knows how tied I am, uh, how tied a, a number of your top quality uh, contributors to uh, true. to Tall Can Audio. Um, You're an you emotional your group, about Tom. Yeah, the, t- the top two contributors, I'd say, uh, <laughs> via the fan voting system that yes. we use. Uh, that, uh, you know, we're, we're we're emotional because he's brought us cheer. He's brought us uh, a lot of good times in our lives. And uh, listen, it, it was tough. We he's he's going to retire for good eventually. But you know, you, you did you did call it um, a guy who is. It'd be the same thing with LeBron James, right? He's not issuing a Instagram note statement. Yeah, just throwing it down on Twitter one afternoon. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, that's probably not it. This isn't it. Like, this is the guy who filmed Man in the Stadium, you know? And yeah. before that, there was the other one they had on YouTube. And not that he's in the vein of LeBron James, let's say, but he's you know, there's still some calculations that go into what he does and how he does it. Again, we're having, we're talking about a guy who can probably tell you exactly what he's eating three years from now for lunch. <laughs> That's just the way he lives his life. And the way, reason he's been able to be a quarterback past the age of 45 in the, in the NFL. Right. And, you know, we look, we look at him right now. We're going, why, wow, you know, 
he's not having a great season. There's a number of reasons. One is that he's 45. Um, I think we're seeing the coaching with Bruce Arians was, you know, a good part of that. Now, that's maybe part of why he retired and then retired. There's also some rumors that he was maybe going to go to Miami. Mm -hmm. There's some rumors he was maybe looking at somewhere else, maybe like a San Francisco um, maybe this was domestically motivated way one way or another. There might have been that as well. Um, I mean, obviously that was part of it. I think we can see that now. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing it tells me is that, you know, you know, you got to put your career first because, um, you know, even Tom Brady, you know, his wife is fickle. And <laughs> I'll stop before I get to it. Too much hate mail. Um, but, you know, it's... It, you never want to see your heroes go out on their shield. And I, I don't think he's quite doing that, but uh, I would have been okay with him leaving. I think we talked about that, right? Like once you get over that initial shock, I was okay with him leaving, you know, losing when he did to the eventual champions. I was okay with it. Um, I'll always love him. Sure. No matter what happens, you know, unless it turns out he's an alien or something like that. Um and even then, even then, even then, I'll probably just hear from the aliens. Let's be serious. <laughs> well, you reference that no one wants to see you go out on your shield. There is another business where um, that's exactly what you do. After you're a champion, you lay down for the next champion. And that's how the business of professional wrestling moves along. Vince McMahon was all over the news this year as Matt, 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 before you go there, I just want to correct it for the good listener. It's pronounced wrestling, wrestling for the good that old wrestling business. Um, Vince McMahon, the king of pro wrestling for a very long time, dating back to the early 80s where he takes the business from his father, creates Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, WrestleMania. They're off and running. Uh, business goes up and down for, you know, a couple of decades under his control through the, uh, you know, the downs of the early 90s. We get into, you know, later on Stone Cold and, and The Rock. Later on, it's John Cena. This guy's created stars that eventually go on and become movie stars. Uh, a yeah. wrestling business that travels the continent with thousands upon thousands of fans in the building Ooh. every single night. Yeah. And he's forced to step away from his company. Speaking of Tom Brady retiring in an Instagram post that nobody believed, Vince McMahon on a Friday afternoon just tweets out, <laughs> yeah, I'm 106 years old. Time for me to retire. That is is exactly what the board wanted the pressure coming on them based on whether he spent company money or his own money to pay off some of his past sexual partners uh if you're a wrestling fan it does not get any bigger than vince mcmahon stepping away from the wrestling business man what uh were you surprised at all to see it i, I kind of thought that guy no matter what happened would die at the gorilla position behind the curtain and, and booking a show. Um, yeah. No matter all, everything that was being pushed down upon him, I was surprised he stepped away. But when you work for a publicly traded company, that's sometimes out of your control, right? Now, now Matt, now, before you get upset at me for derailing the conversation or pushing it aside just again for a second here, as we're only at three sips of our beer in. So, you know, it's, gonna, it's only going to get worse, right? <laughs> but for any kids listening at home who just want to get into broadcasting and want to learn what the hell a segue is, what Matt Robinson <laughs> just did was bloody outstanding. That's what I do, man. So kudos, seamless. buddy. Kudos. That was, that was so seamless. I was in awe. I was like, how did we end up here for a quick second? So kudos to you. <laughs> 
I appreciate that, my man. I'm yeah. I'm still holding her together. Like you said, we're only a couple sips into the beer. <laughs> I've still got my wits about me. We'll see as the show moves along. That's yeah, for sure. Um, buddy, now you and me, you know, we're of a vintage where we we grew up in the Hulkamaniac rock and wrestling era. Um, you know, we were still probably into it when you know, the early 90s when it wasn't as hot for a number of reasons, let alone it being, you know, just the time between stars. But, you know, economically, North America was in a different spot as well. And then, you know, we, you know, we grew up with that attitude era, yep. right? We grew up with the NWO. We grew up with DX. 100%. Um, so you're right. We, you know, and we grew up with the character Vincent K. McMahon yep. as well, not Mr. just the McMahon, broadcaster. Yes. It was surprising because like you, I thought he probably dies, you know, giving a, you know, trying to tell somebody they're fired in the middle of a <laughs> shtick in the ring. And I don't think he probably wanted any other way to go out. Now, I, if you've seen the recent news, there's a lot of talk of him saying, well, maybe I got some bad advice. And, yeah, you know, unfortunately, back in. Uh, unfortunately, Vince, like you'll probably get back on TV at some point, but you're not coming back. Right. Like you said, it's a publicly traded company. Um, and I know he owns majority, but that's not enough to get through. Right. Um, as easy. I mean, there's probably a way he could wiggle himself back in, but he would have to change the board, the board's opinions and what they want and what they have right now. I think internationally, I think what they have now, um, I remember Stephanie in an interview saying this years ago, it was on, um, a, a business podcast and she said, you know, we're, we don't consider ourselves a wrestling company. We're a content company. Yeah. And I think they were early to that. And I think that's probably what's made them bigger now and kept them alive during the COVID area when they didn't have any fans. Well, it's funny because um, yeah, they're, they're through the looking glass. The big fear for the stockholders and for the board members would have been, We've, we don't know what this company looks like without Vince McMahon. You'd be afraid to see what it is. And he steps away. Yeah. Uh, hardcore wrestling fans would tell you that the content, what you see on TV, has gotten better. And yes. the the stockholders who don't really care about the TV show, just care about whether or not this is still making money, have not seen it go off a cliff. The, 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 the world didn't panic when Vince left. And so there's no real incentive for them to allow him and his bad press back in they they have survived the thing they were scared of and now it's just onwards and upwards i i would be surprised if he ever gets back on uh like you said maybe back on tv but not back in the ceo chair you know if, if you wanted to be vince you didn't want to go out at this point where the company is going to and where it is again internationally just exploding again out of covid um and maybe that's a that's a perfect storm of not having been able to tour mm-hmm and where the product is and the talent is at the moment. Um, I know not everybody's watching wrestling these days, but the whole uh, Roman Reigns uh, story arc universe they're in right now is just, even if you peek in like I do every couple of weeks, it's just captivating TV. Uh, you mentioned Roman Reigns is their big star right now. He's been champion for well over a year, might be closer to two years now. WrestleMania this year is in L.A., uh, and Roman Reigns' cousin is The Rock. All kinds of talk there that maybe that is your main event for WrestleMania. We don't know, but what we do know is that The Rock has made it huge in Hollywood, one of the biggest movie stars on Earth, and starred in one of the biggest movies of the year, Black Adam. Did you see that one? And if you didn't, 
What was, uh, you know, did you have your thumb on the pulse at all of the movie scene oh, this year? Oh, buddy. I am not a movie Let's, guy, but uh, I, <laughs> I, I, this is where I'm counting on you. What what have you seen this year? Oh, what are you into? I watched Black Adam during the snowstorm we got before Christmas. Okay. And it put me to sleep in 17 and a half minutes. No way. Okay. I And I was, guys, I was, I was ready for this. I was I was looking forward to this. I knew it didn't have great reviews. I don't care. I'm not writing reviews. I want to know if it's entertaining right. for me. I love superhero comics. Um, I love superhero movies. Not a big fan of DC, but said, what the heck? Never watched the Brock movie I did love. I, I don't know if I loved it. I was asleep before I even got into the movie. <laughs> no thumbs up. I was up telling my one. cousin. No, no, I can't. I was telling my cousin who's like, you know, the huge movie buff. And he said, well, what'd you think? I said, you know what, man? It did exactly what I want superhero movies to do that the DC movies usually fuck up. And that's give me a synopsis of the background of the superhero in under 10 minutes. Right. Right. Set the stage. Right. If you're going to move it to present day, set the stage. Like outside of Captain America, because half of it happens in the war. Like sure. I get it, right? Like we understand stage, that. And then let's get to the point and get going, right? And like this when they did Superman with Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. why was it 45 minutes until he gets ejected to the earth? <laughs> we know. Right. We know. Like get going here, right? Like where's the character development? Let's go. This was like over and done with, but as soon as it got to present day, I was like before they even set the scene for him coming back, I was out like a light. Was there a 2022 movie that you will remember that you'll walk away thinking, I'm glad I spent whatever on uh, on either, you know, buying on Apple TV or heading out to the theater on? Was this a, a big movie year for you? Yeah, I don't know if it wasn't just because of the whole COVID issue and a lot of movies seem to have been getting delayed that I was waiting for or looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I really loved um, Uncharted. That was that was your typical, you know, video game remake sure. into a movie, but it was exactly what you wanted. You know, it was easy watching. I really enjoyed that. I can't remember. Did Spider-Man come out this year or was that at the end of last year? I am not a movie guy. I, I, I yeah. can't remember for sure. Because I, I know I was big. Like, I, I really loved that last Spider-Man. I, I think I probably watched it this year, whether it was in movie theaters this year or last year. I can't tell you. Um and Shane, she's actually the last movie I remember going to the theater for. And that was around December last year. Okay. So, you know, we might be able to sneak that into the Academy <laughs> uh, Awards here at Tall Can Audio. I'm not too sure. But, uh, you know, anything to support a Canadian actor, I guess. Right. Of course, man. Uh, why don't we kick this out to the music scene just a little bit? And we saw some differences between what went on on the radio and what went on online. And perhaps that isn't surprising. Why don't we start online? Apple Music released their top 10 most listened to uh, songs of the year. Fairly similar over on Spotify. This is where you are going to have to tag in and take over <laughs> on what the cool kids were up to. There were some names that I recognized. There were some names that I didn't. I know, I know Bad Bunny. I know he's killing it out there right now. Uh, but I also saw on the list Elton John working with, I believe, Dua Lipa to redo some of his Yeah, thing. oh, that was crazy. what a song that was. And what, they, what a, honestly, well, apparently they did a whole album. It was just the one song that got released. Um, but uh, look, I, I, I make no bones about it, man. I'm drifting further and further away from being in touch with modern music. But um you know a huge year for a couple of different artists there what stands out to you leaving I mean, 2022 I, let me let me say that the one thing that caught me off the list we, we were sharing there 
uh, of the top 10 songs. And I think this is the online, if I'm, it let is, me just yes. double check that 100%. here. The, this, the Apple music. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a little bit of a TikTok, uh, Instagram yep. reel bit to this. Number 10 on this list was ABCDEFU, um, which was huge. Um, for those of you who want to hear me sing, it was the A, B, C, D, E, F, U, like F, U, um, which came big. Uh, that was a huge TikTok song. Right. Um, and that was like pure. It came out. It was just an absolute masterclass in TikTok advertising. But it was a super catchy song. Um, and, you know, because of streaming through platforms like TikTok and Instagram, you know, we're seeing a different level of an, and kind of a new way that they're counting listens as well. So not surprising. And what we've noticed, you know, it gets big on one of these platforms, Apple or Spotify create playlists around those platforms. And then eventually they make their way to the radio. Yeah. Right. So I, I was actually expecting a little bit it's more still the underground, but it's, it's not like underground rap used to be or, or indie bands. It's it's on yeah. social media feeds and they, these things get huge and then radio is going to take notice. Uh, it's right? a different way of making your way up. An- another one here, Jack Harlow's First Class. Um, now, I, I, that would have been probably a top hit anyways, but that definitely made its way into a uh, a number of TikTok trends right. for, uh, for all the cool kids at home. And... Uh, <laughs> Probably, you know, like guys like Rob on TikTok all the time. So doing his trends, his trendy dances. Well, what's interesting about the music scene, man, is it's being reprogrammed, right? Like Spotify doesn't count as your song having had a listen until someone has listened to at least one minute of it. Otherwise, it's a skip. And so you're seeing people write songs like back in our back in my day maddie yeah, people yeah. wrote these yeah. big long hooks sometimes these instrumental openings before ever getting to the verse and let alone the chorus music writers now are being encouraged get to the point because you need yep. to hook people right off the hop and not just on a place like spotify or apple music where you want to stop people from skipping you want to hook right away so that when someone drops it into their tiktok or their instagram live or whatever they might be doing it's got to be there right away, right? You've got to have that hook and it's changed the way people are writing music. You have to almost open the song with the chorus or with the hook right away. It's, it's interesting to watch our musical taste kind of be reprogrammed based on the places we're listening yeah. to it. Just, just like everything else is being modified by the mediums. Mm-hmm. Every few years, there's a new social tool and it changes everything, right? 100%, the, 100, the 180 characters of Twitter. Yep. That might have actually made Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, if we look back and the ability for him to put 10 words together in a semi-coherent string that didn't seem so crazy because he only had 180 characters right. might have worked for the guy. If he had to go on a blog, you know, he, yep. he might not have been as popular south of the border, quite frankly. Right. So we're, we're seeing this now. I know that, you know, as I'm playing around with TikTok as a, as a medium for um, education, as a medium for um, teaching purposes. It's, I'm learning more and more. We're seeing how even, you know, let's say something like hip hop, right? The way the beats come in now are changing, right? Like we might not get to lyrics right away, but the way the beats dropping and the melodies coming in is 
to engage you quickly. We'll uh, we'll come back to the music side in a few uh, in a few minutes. But you talked about Donald Trump there. He announces in 2022 he will run again in 2024. Most people seem to think that the reason he announced it so quickly was to complicate this for the DOJ, who may be getting prepared to indict him or lay charges on him. It's one thing if you're a former president; it's another if you're a presidential candidate. But this was a big year for seeing people stand up against what was expected to be a big year for um, for conservatism all across North America. We were expecting in that uh, midterm elections for the Senate and for Congress, they kept talking about a red wave. It never materialized. It's not to say the conservative side of things, the right wing didn't make up a little ground, but nothing like they were expecting to. We saw the... Um, fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned by a conservative right-leaning Supreme Court in the United States do nothing but fire up voters when it came time to make laws in their own states. Up here, we saw Pierre Polyev become the new leader of the Canadian uh, Conservative Party, and his numbers have gone down and down and down ever since he was put into that position. Uh, It's been an interesting year. Politically, we have seen a few different times movement from the right and hard pushback from the left at each turn. Mm. What are you thinking Mm. on the uh, political side of things in 2022? I just had this conversation uh, over the holidays, which is never, you know, yeah, that's a bad sign sitting around the Um, turkey table. (laughs) um, So we, we like, you know, kept it away from the turkey table. Right. Um, But I did have a conversation with my mom afterwards on unboxing day we were just chit-chatting about some stuff and it came up and I, I can't remember what point she had been bringing up to me and um you know in full disclosure my mother and i are fairly left wing sure. um i always joke that i'm the the largest left wing business owner on the planet <laughs> if not canada you know maybe not canada but definitely uh out, at least, well, let's say Canada because I don't know outside of Canada. But right. you know, I, I'm a I'm pretty left wing. I'm pre- and, and in that I I hate these terms, but what I mean is I'm socially responsible, right? Right, and and I I believe fairly strongly on on the support system of the government, especially in how we treat the you know how we're ta- especially if we're going to be taxed here in Canada the way we are. I say we we should be able to get some of the things that we should be able to get, right? Yeah. yeah. That that's kind of my whole point, and at least providing somewhat of a, a, a an even playing ground for people. And I always go back to um, the example of having friends who were working at, at Yale who were very content working at Yale until they had a kid and had to put their kid into an American yeah. school system. And the one thing people don't understand when we talk about educational inequality in Canada is not as diverse as educational inequality right. in the U.S., right? Because the funding comes from you know, based the, on the population where you live and the taxes yes. paid in your the place where you yes. live, you get better schools and and it 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 repeats yes. itself, right? If you go to a shit school, you get a worse education, you get a worse job, so you pay lower taxes and your school stays shit. Whereas if you live exactly. in a good place, you pay a lot of taxes, yeah. you have good schools, you get a good education, you stay in that place and pay more taxes to keep your school good. It's this isn't rocket science, right? Whereas in it's, Canada, it's, we don't really do it that way. No, maybe it is rocket science in the U.S. because most people are still going to those same schools and same getting a bad education and right. onward and onward, like you're saying. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm, that's why I think the left right wing thing here in Canada is just a little bit more overblown because I don't think you're going to even find some hard PC party 
uh, voters saying, yeah, let's cut education necessarily, um, or at least in an outright way that, you know, the way they talk about it in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But the, the conversation was kind of structured around this point is that there is no moving forward anymore because everything is is me versus you. Yep. Everything's structured from media, right? If I watch CBC, you have people tell you, oh, well, you got to find it. You got to listen to an alternative view too. Right. And if you watch CTV, they're like, oh, well, you can't watch CTV only because they're always giving you the PC party or the Toronto star. You got to find, yep. there's no, um, there's, there's no progress. There's no it's co- just always a fight. There's no progress. And it's, that's maybe more what's been holding us back. And it's just a constant, well, if the liberals did it, well, I hate it. Right. Right. If the conservatives do it, I love it. As opposed to taking an objective view on things yep. sometimes. And people realize issue. issue by issue. I can find different reasons. And, uh, you know, I don't vote for the same party every year or for the, you no, know, at different times, my province, my country needs different things. I... Different opinions of what's going on and who is going to meet the needs for me mm-hmm. and for what I, I can Again, I, maybe I take a slightly different view. Um, and, you know, everybody who's listening to this probably knows, you know, I've run a physio clinic for 11 years. I've been a small business owner for 11 years. I'm a single male in Toronto with a condo, right? So I have a very distinct viewpoints of things that will make my life better. Right. We also live in Canada where most things are based on family, right? And most politicians are reaching out to family. So not a lot reaches to me distinctly outside of a small business owner. But that doesn't mean I need to take an isolated, solo, egotistical view of what I think I should be voting for, because what happens if I do have a family? Yeah. <laughs> right. What I, I also know people with families. Sure. Right. And I know I have friends with different size businesses and I have different friends who have people who are new to the country. And I, I think this this egotistical view and I now I really sound like this old man up on top of the hill on my soapbox. But. This is the this is the political issue I see, right? This this division that continues to just be driven home time after time and the need to feel correct after every conversation. I think there is a battle going on, whether it be within the Republican Party in the US or the Conservative Party up here, between the reasonable conservative and the craziest fuck wing of the conservative party. <laughs> Look, we need not just it's not just we're, Im- having, we're having a serious conversation here. Nah, it fuck. It's, it's 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 to me the 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 reasonable financial conservative, the fiscally conservative guy isn't just a reasonable position it's a necessary position there are times we swing too far out there and have to reel in the spending and we have to have that 100 but those people are being shouted down by the craziest fuck wing that the conservatives need right now right they're not getting enough votes because like it or not society is moving left maybe Maybe faster than some people want it to. Maybe not fast enough for other people. But we are becoming more accepting of other cultures. We are becoming, um, you know, more responsible to to other people in our society. And look, a conservative who thinks, look, we're spending too much money right now. We need to pump the brakes. But that isn't willing to go, fuck the trans community. Fuck immigrants. Fuck gay people whatever it might be right? and, and, and sorry Matt, I, I gotta stop you I, I know i want i want to hear this but i gotta stop you here because this actually popped into my head earlier today actually 
when, when thinking about this in a little bit of advance, it's like, why do we equate being left wing with acceptance on people with disabilities? Why do we equate being left wing with, because it, it was always kind of left wing is, you know, kind of like a social Democrat, uh, social sure. net, higher tax, uh, but support, support people, um, you know, provide programs. What right. is that to, to me? What does that have to do with why do you want to social acceptance? Right. Why do you want to vote against that period? And I, I, I also understand your point there. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to reel it in. Of course, that's 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 the that's how business that's is run. The, the, the way again, a responsible conservative party is supposed to be run. And they're being what, hijacked from the people who want to park their trucks on Parliament Hill and honk their horns for a couple yeah. weeks at a time or for people who just literally it seems hate anyone who lives outside their own front door. Every, fuck everybody else. What's good for me? And that's the problem with the conservative party here in Canada right now is those reasonable, responsible, fiscal conservatives are just one piece of a very constantly a moving tent. And you don't have to look any further than the Republican party in the U S where a very conservative right wing court struck down Roe v. Wade the country lost its shit and it absolutely destroyed the midterm elections for the Republican Party. People who are are Republicans but said, no, you don't get to tell women what to do. You don't get to tell them how to treat their own body. I'm voting against Republicans who are taking a hard line on abortion or whatever it might be. You're losing those people. They're not willing to stay with the right wing party if saying we should spend less money also means I have to accept hating gay people. That's just not going to be a winning strategy. And, and, and that's where and we're maybe, like Maybe we have to be pushed that far for people to understand that, yeah, being conser- like a right-wing conservative doesn't necessarily mean I have to hate gay people. Right. Right? Because this whole, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole history of fucking why and when we started hating gay people but guess what people have been gay for five thousand years it's not new this isn't new uh speaking of people that maybe we should hate a little more the houston astros win a world series this year defeating the philadelphia phillies in six games uh i didn't know where you were going there did not know where you were going it's perfectly acceptable to hate the houston astros (laughs) definitely Uh, is definitely is as we continue to look around the sports landscape the la rams beat the Bengals in super bowl 56 (laughs) back in february The Colorado Avalanche finally get over the hump and get themselves a Stanley Cup, defeating a three-time Eastern Conference champion and two-time defending champion Stanley Cup winner in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, man, in the NBA, we saw Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors take down the Celtics in an NBA final that really cemented maybe more than the Warriors' legacy, Steph Curry's legacy on his own. Yeah. Which of those championships that we've seen so far, and I'm going to say it, I know you're going to laugh at me, the Toronto Argonauts take down the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who were also pushing to win a third straight championship in the Grey Cup this year. The Grey Cup, no matter what you think about the league itself, always delivers in terms of entertainment value. It was a great Grey Cup championship that the Argos won. Which of these kind of winners this year will be most memorable to you? Matt, now I've told you this once, if I told you a thousand times, <laughs> there's three guarantees in life, death, taxes, and put your money on the boat, man, if they're in the Grey Cup final, because they are good to go. <laughs> 
If they okay? get there, they will win it. Yeah. It's like betting against Tiger Woods in the early 2000s on a Sunday yeah, when he's wearing idea. red. You idea. just don't do it, baby. Yeah. You don't do it. <laughs> now, I, I, oh, man, there's a, there was a lot of, man, it's, it's funny, man. You look back the year in sports. Um, how, old, how old was McKinnon this year? What, what season was this for him? 28, maybe. I think he was like a 2013 wow. draft. Wow. Uh, and it, it, took him, it took him that long to get over the hump. I'm so glad they didn't trade him at 23 or 24 mm, yeah. for, for like not making the playoffs, <laughs> never mind losing the first round. But having like an all-time bad season, what, three years yeah. ago? Yeah. Yeah, I digress. Um, Mitch Marner. Um, <laughs> so what was it? I honestly have to say there was something really amazing to me about the NBA final this year. Um, I'm sure a lot of people might disagree and say maybe it was because, you know, the Colorado Avalanche were just unworldly all year long. Yeah. Um, they went up against a team that has been the best team in the league for three years going. Um and look to maybe still be the best team for Could a little be. while there. But there is something about, and maybe just the narrative and how the NBA tells their narrative and their story so much better. And I don't think that's a, even a question. But what Steph Curry and Golden State were able to do, um, Clay Thompson still, I mean, you know, he's back now. You know, he's maybe 80% of the player he was, but, and this may be a, far as he gets after an ACL and an Achilles tear. But last year he was basically just in name only. He could hit a couple of shots. It's not nearly the defensive stopper he once was. Clay, or, uh, sorry, Steph took that team. And yes, that team was firing and they were starting to believe, but they went up against what I thought was the best team in the league in Boston. And they were down two to one. And they were almost down three to one. And they... <laughs> just put their foot down and then went four two. It was a, it's one of those ones we're going to look at. You got to mention our boy, Andrew Wiggins, the one time oh, bust, I, suddenly a contributor on a championship right. team. Awesome. And, and he, I mean, he had a fantastic finals. There's no denying that. Um, I, I don't know. To, to me, that's the, this is a good chapter in the 60 for 60. We watch <laughs> years from now uh, when we talk about Steph Curry, because We'll talk about everything he did when he was the best player in the league. He, they just they just willed their way to winning that championship. Um, There's been a ton I, I of turnover in that story. core, but Steph's been the guy all the way through, right? And even when it looked like that window had closed, they get one more, and that's clearly on his back. I think, like that, and that's why I put it the way I did. That as much as it cements the Golden State Warriors as maybe the team of the last whatever 10, 20 years, he is that piece. This is his legacy. This last yeah. championship is on him and his legacy. Yeah. I wonder what you think of the Houston Astros winning a title this year. Look, it's easy to hate on them. They did cheat. All the booing that they got was totally legit. Can that stain ever be wiped clean? Like we assume they did it clean this year. We assume they did it. Is it just ah, fuck them? They're they're like the Yankees or the Patriots or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, don't, they're not like the Patriots. Okay, first of all, they're not the. I Patriots, only okay? mean in in the sense that they're good, so we hate them. That's my only. Oh, I, okay, sure. Yeah, we they're good because you hate them. The only Astro that is vindicated in my in my viewpoint is George Springer. Of course, man. <laughs> um, the Spring King. Of course, love you. I love you, buddy. Yeah. I love you. We know uh, you didn't do it. <laughs> 
couldn't have been him. It was all Korea. Yeah, yeah. Like I, you know, I just I, you can't love them. They're a bunch of dirty, rotten cheaters. Yeah, you know, think... they're, they're cheaters. Boston cheated. They cheated. Um, I don't know why. You know, we all know why Boston doesn't get the hate that Houston does because half the writers live in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, but but other than that, you know, they're all dirty, rotten cheaters, and uh, I, I could deal less with them. I did not want them to win. Nobody wants them to win. Nobody should want them to win. Um, yeah. They're trash, okay. like the trash cans they used. So no, uh, that's, they, that's they will never say. have their legacy cleaned. I, I don't think so, and I don't think you can. Like I, I don't care about steroids because they were all using them and they weren't testing them, and it's yep. 2020 in optics. Right. But when you are corking your bat, when you are putting shit when on your banging garbage your, can lids, when you're <laughs> ba- banging garbage can lids, when you're putting tar on your baseball like Garrett Cole, yeah. Dirty Rod Cheater. Um, he's another one. You know, I have no care for that. Like, I have no problem pushing the boundaries. Do what you can to get ahead. But come on, man. Like, you got to have a little bit of, of ethos. You got to have a little bit of uh, care for your legacy. And these guys just don't. Uh, another entity that many would argue has a pretty rotten legacy, but still gets celebrated quite a bit, is the monarchy. And we saw the Queen of England die in 2022. Um a change in monarch has not been seen since the 50s for most people's entire lives we have lived under one queen it's a weird thing man we live in 2022 where everything is about equality and no one's better than anyone else and yet here's this like <laughs> worldwide thing that we all knew we all recognized we all mourned we all honored whatever it was people you know governments taking weeks off at a time to mourn the loss of the sovereign uh look it was a weird thing for me i gotta tell you i would have been totally fine coming out of this if yeah canada was loyal to the queen dating all the way back to the 50s we live in a different world now i would have been fine if when the queen died that's where we cut ties that's a whole other political thing. It involves opening up our constitution. It's a whole deal. It's not going to happen. But at this point to me, it's, Hey, look, we had a queen for 50 years. That was worth something. Now there's just some new guy and it's yeah, fuck him. I don't really care. Yeah. Uh, like, where were you at with the passing of the queen, man? Um, man. Yeah. Kind of the same way. Right. And, uh, I don't know how much you caught on social media about it, but there was all these jokes about the Brits saying, you know, down with the monarchy, why do we even have it, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, but not the queen. Right. Not not, not Elizabeth. We liked like, her. We, yeah. we meant the rest of them. Yeah. Like, we, we love mom. Like, we, we don't want that to happen, right? So, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird space, man. I don't know. It's, it, she was a world leader, but not... She held respect because of who she was. Mm-hmm. She... Um, you know, lots of stories of her and Nelson Mandela and her appreciation for women's rights and for equality, at least most of the time. Most of the time. Um, yeah. Most of the time. And, you know, also knowing her just like every other, um, you know, world leader is probably being handheld by some sort of black cloaked sure. uh, yeah. room in the back telling them what to do and what not to do. But, um she she was you know I think especially you know post nineties post Diana um, there was and maybe it's just her getting old or whatever it was but 
there was definitely an affection and a love from a the reverence from the public. Like, how do you hate this old lady, right? And, yeah, and I do. I, I I'll never totally feel it, obviously, but I understand why there are countries across the world that were like, "Fuck, glad to see that's over," or like that have very, very yeah. negative opinions of their monarchy. And I think that's okay, but I also think she understood maybe better than anyone in that position that hey the world's changing they're not going to put up with this we rule over you shit anymore and she dedicated her life to service right to being ceremonial to to trying to fix things and to be the voice of and i I, look she came to ottawa in 2010 2011 for canada day i went down to see that i wanted in my life to just and it's not like got to go up and shake hands with her but i one time i wanted to be able to say i went and saw queen elizabeth right and as as she got older and i I think the fact that she was old made the monarchy feel like this link to the past and now that she's gone you're like ah fuck it like i don't care now right (laughs) it's just it's just some guy yeah (laughs) yeah no it's like a substitute teacher i i totally agree with you and i think you know as we progress with and i'm going to call her a celebrity more than anything realistically right I think as we progress with celebrities, you know, celebrities, we can all now accept that they're not perfect and that we don't always have to agree with everything that goes on around them. Right. 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 Like this isn't new. It's just we're learning about it as it's happening now, as opposed and to we're after their death. Less. Yeah. And we're tolerating that less. And I, I don't think we can hold everything the monarch did. I, you know what I mean? I don't think we can hold, I don't think we can make it Queen Elizabeth's fault for what happened. 100, 200, when, 300 years ago. Yeah. I, I was going to try to throw something out, but yeah, 100, 200, just the way we can't necessarily blame, what is it, Pope Benedict right now? Yeah. For, you know, what happened in, uh, to, to the Native Canadians in the, um, in the schooling systems. 100%. No, we can, we can expect him to apologize on behalf of sure. the entity. Yep. We can make we can expect him to understand that they should make some concessions. Right. But we cannot put him there and go, well, I can't, yeah, I can't him lay it at his feet. I think we understand that's not how things work either in this world, right? I don't think changing our perception on the past is bad, but I also don't think we can hold everybody to that standard of it either. From the death of one queen to the continued rule of another, Taylor Swift continues to rule on top okay. of the radio. I waves. thought you were going to Alta John there. I swear to God. <laughs> um, Tay-Tay and the uh, anti-hero is the uh, most listened to radio song of the year. She's obviously uh, one of the biggest artists in the world right now, if not the biggest, if we're being honest. And the reason she doesn't show up on that streams count that we referenced earlier on is just the album coming out so much later in the year. Uh, it was an incredibly popular album, but it didn't have the time to rack up um, the the number of, of, of streams and listens over the course of the year where had it come out earlier, it almost certainly would. Because for weeks at a time after that album came out, it was, uh, you know, the most listened to album week by week. So... Uh, but also, radio is just a different business, and people love Taylor Swift. You play things people love as much as possible, whereas in the streaming world, on Spotify, on Apple Music, everybody listens to their own, you know, yeah. what they want yeah. to hear minute by minute. But there's no question at this point, 
based on the success of yet another Taylor Swift album, the fact that the Taylor Swift tour may have been the thing that finally took down Ticketmaster and forces them to change based on how bad that got fucked up. Is there anyone bigger in music right now than Taylor Swift? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I just don't think that's even an argument, right? I, I can't see there's nobody who's been able to go through so many genres. Right. And not lose fans, but only gain fans. Yeah, I started out That's as a country artist. Thing. I grabbed some country fans. I moved on to pop, grabbed some of them, moved on to some dance, grabbed those fans, and, and brought them all into my tent, right? Now she just kind of does Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, <laughs> kind of how Drake just kind of does Drake, right. right? Drake does Drake, but I think the Taylor Swift, um, you know, Drake hasn't had a lot of success with his last two albums that he released this year um, for one reason or the other. And I, I think, you know, part of it is just the how we judge hip hop artists is a little bit uh, different at the moment and maybe a little bit harsher, but man, Tay Tay is, she's, she's onto herself, right? She's, she's where Beyonce was a couple years yes, ago, right? Great comparison. Where nothing she does is wrong. And anytime there's a new beat or a new, uh, genre, she tackles, it just becomes okay. Right. right? And it automatically gets you on top 40 hit. Right. But yeah, man, Tay Tay is just, she's on another level. She's another level. Taylor, and I know, I know that's if there's anything we've talked about on any of these top ten lists, I know this is the one you listen to is Antihero. So I've, I know you I, can. I'm not going to shy away from it at all, man. Enjoyed that tune. Enjoyed one or two other tunes off the album as well. So uh, no shame there, and there might be shame, but I'm not feeling it if there is. So. Uh, <laughs> Tay Tay was on her way up this year. Elon helping Twitter pushed its way down this year in a pretty big way. Yeah, Homeboy yeah. spent $44 billion to basically just drive this thing right into the fucking mud. Um, I don't know. Everybody's having a different experience. Uh, the ads are far more plentiful and from far yeah. less reputable companies. I don't know about you. I'm getting way more spam direct messages. Um, the iPad app is falling apart. If you do anything more than just type on it, it's going to crash. Like if you try and add a photo or a link or whatever, it's going to Oh, down. interesting. Okay. It, the, the, he lays off like 13,000 people upon buying the company when he tells the rest of the company, I expect you all to work harder, like 1,200 more quit. These are across the board, right? These are, these are you know, business development people. These are PR people. These are advertising people. Uh, and these are tech people that are supposed mm -hmm, to keep this mm -hmm. thing up and running, man. We are looking at one of the biggest tech companies in the world slowly sinking into the fucking mud. Uh, and look, it's funny because, I don't know, a year ago I might have said, oh, man, Twitter's fucking awful. But I still use it every day constantly. And now I'm annoyed at this guy coming in and ruining this thing that I already thought was yeah. awful. Like, you're breaking it. Stop. <laughs> It, it's an interesting man. It, there's there's so much interesting and to just absolutely dissect on this whole Twitter thing for me. One, let's start with this. Nobody evaluated the company at forty four billion dollars. No, he was just drunk or high, spat his mouth off. Yeah, and then and then Twitter, I got stuck. Like he tried to back. They were like, yeah, because we're like, we'll take that. He's sign like, oh, here. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, sign here, man. Yeah. Um, and they were like, yeah, we'll get out. You go do it, man. We're, we're fine with 44 million. We're, we're gone. Right. 
I mean, I don't think it was worth a third of that, right. quite frankly. Well, it's not uh, now. Because what is, <laughs> what is, what, what was the product, right? They they were basically the world's accruing of news. The problem with the business model has always been that the users are the product. If yes. you and I don't tweet, nothing happens on Twitter. Nothing happens. And that was how it was when you and I first joined Twitter. There wasn't enough people on Twitter. Right. It was so, kind of a boring thing at the beginning. That's right. And so you need people on there, whether it be journalists, whether it be uh, you know your favorite celebrity that you can interact with, whether it be your news organizations, whatever it might be, if they're just not there, Twitter's fucking worthless. And so yes, yes. even before Elon, they struggled to monetize this thing. And he came in thinking, I know best. I know how to fix it. And he clearly has bungled this in a huge way. And now he's become the laughingstock, like, which I can't oh. imagine was his plan. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Here's the second part of this whole fucking Twitter thing is like, and we just got done talking about celebrities, but can are, are we as a society over the whole Elon is our savior thing? Ugh. Anybody who thought he was at the beginning did not read his biography. That was written, obviously, to paint him in a good light. But I left that book going, what a great read. This shows me he's not who he says he is. Dude did not make dime one on his own. He is the child of the... Blood diamonds. Yeah, of the owner of slave mines in South Africa. That's where their money comes from. And, and this isn't to say he's not an intelligent guy. Sure. Okay, But he did not get there. By being, he did not become not rich by being man. intelligent. That's right. He is not self-made. He was one of five people who created PayPal, a program that has not changed since its inception. That's so funny, and and we still use it, but for like fifteen and years, it's been the same thing. We, we don't have another option no, in Canada. That's right. If we want to send yeah, money no Venmo, to the no, U.S., yeah. we don't have – why Venmo has not figured out how to work with Canadian banking right. is still beyond it me. It is, man. It is. And like at least like I, I remember using Canada. Uh, sorry, using Canada. You trying to use a Canadian bank with PayPal fifteen years ago? It was a pain in the ass. It's a disaster. At too, least yeah. now it's easy. Right. Like it, it's it literally takes three minutes, and now it actually does take three minutes. You don't have to go down to the bank and sign, you know, an <laughs> affidavit anymore. So at least they figured that out probably by hiring a couple of Canadians or something. But I mean, that is you know. To, to think that this is why we think this guy is so goddamn brilliant. Yeah, he he's bought not Tesla. One of the, he did not yeah, start he, Tesla. He's he, not one of the two guys who started Tesla. He bought it. Yeah. Is he an engineer? Yeah, he's an engineer. But, man, he, he has shown himself to be nothing but a tyrant as a as a CEO. Tesla has not made a dime. Tesla has lost it, money since he bought Twitter because he's clearly focused well, on something else. And It has only been profitable because – Why? Because the government keeps – it's like Bombardier. The government's basically supporting it in yes. the U.S., right? Yeah. SpaceX, they got that because nobody else wanted it. Right. Right? I, I mean, he just goes through C, He goes through There's CFOs. zero evidence that this guy is some sort of – what? He gets like, people. He gets people because people want to work for that company to use it in their yes. resume. If there's one thing he's been able to do is be a marketing agency for himself. Yes. He's not there an innovator. no other skill. He's an employer of innovators. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is and what we need he is. Those, a great but, way of saying it. But there's it. no reason to look at him as some sort of, yeah, technological genius or uh, uh, maybe the, no. one of the other ones that, that was a disappointment this year would have been over at Meta, where they went all in on, and for those who don't know, Meta is Facebook, right? They've changed their name because they're all in on this metaverse we're all going to live in these 3D helmets, and that's the way the world's going to work. 
It's been a gong show. They have lost billions on this. Company after company after company has gone in to try and set up shop and be the first in there to run their business in Meta, and zero customers have followed them. Yeah. Um, disaster to see how much Facebook slash Meta has now continued to fall off a cliff. Not been a good year for mainstream tech, except, unless you're the Chinese no. government and their TikTok that uh, yeah. just today was banned from uh, U.S. government phones. They decided finally nice, maybe nice, we should nice, not good. be sending our passwords to the U.S. Uh, to the Chinese. <laughs> Look, lots of people use TikTok. It's harmless enough for the average Joe. I get it why you don't want your congressmen and your senators having it on their phones. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, man, I, I, I think I, hmm, the metaverse is so interesting to me. This one's a, this one's a very very interesting. It's just not as close as he wants us to think it is. That's I, I it's not as close, and I think for Facebook because they've lost so much of their space, their clout on social media. Yep. Right, they they've gone the way of the company clout. To be honest, <laughs> um, where they're they're being they're they're now you know they're looked at the place where it's disinformation. Yep. You're there to sell product only. You're there because. Even the way the groups work, if you're following a company, right, where it used to be, hey, follow my physio company. Right. Now, only 10% of the people see it unless they pay for an ad. So this is right? it, man. So, and we, when and we even then, it's the probably TC- only 50%. Yes. So people don't understand, like, TCA has a Facebook page. I have not done anything on that in well over a year because it's not just, like, it makes sense to me that let's say I have just, you know, rounded off 100 followers on Facebook. If I want more than that, and I want to put it in people who don't follow TCA on Facebook, I have to pay for that. That has to be promoted. Has to. That's how it works. You need me now to pay to boost just to get it to all of those hundred who have chosen to follow me. Fuck you. You will get dime. You won't get dime one yeah. from me, right? Like it. It will show my post to maybe ten of those hundred followers. And, and I have to pay to show it to the other 90. Fuck off. I, I just, I won't be on your platform. That's the way it is. I, I think that that's exactly it, right? They became, they became too much of an advertising company yeah. in the way Google is without the discoverability. Yes. Um, the one place that, and, and again, different kind of business model here, obviously, um, where like, especially for like, let's say TCA, it's really about community and engagement. And if your people aren't finding that organically, right. even though they've asked to see your information, yes. it becomes very frustrating. This is not even worth doing. I'll go on Instagram no, I, where I get, I'm well aware it's owned by the exact same company, but it's it's more open, right? You use a hashtag. You use a, yeah, that's right. Yep. Facebook is this closed off community where you and your friends interact and, and whatever else. Instagram is kind of like Twitter in the sense that, no, it's open. People can find you far more easily. And I'll, I understand that it's run by the same company, but it's a different model, and I'll, I'll spend my time there. And, and at this point, the only thing that Facebook gets from TCA is the cross post from Instagram, right? When we upload there, I'm just like, yeah, fine. Drop oh, it yeah, yeah, just, exactly. Just drop yeah. it on the Facebook page, too. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, while you're at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw, throw it over there for me, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe the biggest story of the year, and this is why we pushed it to late, is is what's gone on in Eastern Europe over in Ukraine uh, with, you know, this started, I think, the first week of February. This has been going on a long time, and it's sort of, and it shouldn't have, but it's faded from our consciousness a little bit, right? But you're talking about a gigantic country with a military 
uh, one of the top five militaries in the world with a nuclear arsenal, decides we're marching on an independent country and we're just going to take it. And we're going to uh, count on the rest of the world to not want to fuck with us because we have nuclear weapons. And we didn't do much in response. We sent them stuff and we sent them stuff indirectly so that it wouldn't set off World War Three. Uh, we sank. We changed them. our Instagram photos. Uh, we changed most our of us had the good photos. sense to do that. Yeah, it was an underwhelming response, I think. And it, it's just so fucked to me that we spent time talking about uh, we have warplanes that we could lend them, but we can't send them from Germany because they're a member of NATO. Yeah, and so we'll send them to this country, and then from that country they could go to like. It's these weird little lines that we've drawn to try and keep from breaking treaties and stuff where Russia is just like, no, fuck you. We're lobbing missiles into downtown Kiev on Christmas Eve or things like that. They're not playing by the rules. I understand they have nuclear weapons and, and things have to be done very carefully. But the people of Ukraine are going on 10 months now of being bombarded and scared every day mm-hmm. and, and cities destroyed, homes destroyed, lives lost. Um, look. It's it's fucked, man, and and I, I feel a little hypocritical, maybe, because I was very much against the U.S. war in Iraq, and I was proud that Canada didn't participate, but I was less conscious of it, less offended by it, but the Iraqi people went through everything that the Ukrainians are going yep, through right yep. now, but we felt like, hey, the Americans are the good guys. Well... Maybe they weren't, and we're certainly able to sit here right now, and so many of the biggest stories of the year, whether it becomes, uh, whether it's, you know, fuel shortages or food shortages and the cost of things skyrocketing, so much of it is tied to what's happening in Eastern Europe right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it's a mess, man, and, and 10 months in, it's still happening, and we're focused on it less and less, and I, I think that's that's something we, we can't be very proud of right now. No, and, and I think I think you just raised a good a great point there, Matt. Is that a lot of what you know? For whatever reason, why we're more in tune, I think there's a combination of it being Europe-ish. Yep, we're a little bit more in tune with it because we know more Europeans generally in a company like, in a in a country like Canada, right? Mm-hmm. And I think because it's Russia who's easy to paint as the bad guy. Yep. Have been the bad guy for 60, 70 years in North America. Right. It's easy to get behind the war like this. It's, it's important to remember that in the middle East, this has been going on for decades now. Yep. Right. What's, what's been going on in Iran right now with women Mm -hmm. in Iran specifically, this, this is just the newest part, right? Like, the Iranian people have been, you know, it, it's it's been an absolute shit show for their population. Well, like you right? said, man, the Iranian what? women right now in the streets risking their lives, right, to yeah. to say we're not going to live like this anymore, and well, they need soccer support. Soccer players, soccer players just the supporting Cup. them, risking yeah. their lives apparently, Yeah, right? Um, Refusing to sing the national anthem at the World Cup for the Iranian men's team has had major consequences for some of their players upon return home, like just right? in support of their women who've said, we're not going to live like like subjugated people anymore. And they're not yeah. getting the support that the Ukrainians have yeah. got from us. And I understand it's a slightly different geopolitical you know, spot that, that they're in, but it 
it's hard not to think that part of it is, well, that's kind of what they do over there in brown land, yeah. and we're going to save yeah. our European brother, yes. as you pointed out. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, not, I don't want to say it's, you know, it's always quite that simple, but it does seem for what it, even though the Ukraine is pretty goddamn far over there to yep. Eurasia, you know, let's be honest, it's, it's it Eurasia-ish, yep. right? For some reason... They Iran. Look, they look more like us. They look more like us, right? And it, Iran seems farther, right? Yep. yep. What's what's go, what was going on with the with the Indian farmers? Yep. That seems very far away to us, doesn't it? Right. What goes on all the time between Pakistan and India? Mm-hmm. What what goes on with Kashmir and in India right now? Um, what what goes on in Palestine? Yeah. The you Uyghurs know, it's, it's, in it's, China. They, this is. Yeah. A, Man, it's very easy to just turn a blind eye sometimes. And and I, you know, I, I don't get mad at anybody. There's just so much going on in the world yeah, now. That's right. It, it's hard to continue. You know, people will say, oh, you know, the, the woke, you're on this one now, you're on that one. Listen, the fact that people care enough to try to learn something going on in the rest of the world, I think is a positive. It is. Right. I, I don't think you can keep up with everything. I don't think you can always be always have the right opinion on everything. I think it's hard to have consistency in opinions all the time. I mean, you know, if if you dig deep enough, you'll see, you know, maybe the Ukraine's not the greatest place either. Now, a lot of that has to do with the previous government yeah. as well. Yep. But I know again, going back to our other conversation, it's kind of being painted as the current government a little bit too. Mm-hmm. You know, are are there like neo Nazis? In, in the Ukraine, sure. There's neo-Nazis all over Europe, though. Neo-Nazis right? in Peterborough. There's neo-Nazis in Peterborough. <laughs> yeah, like, They're everywhere, unfortunately. I, I think that's probably very true in a lot of countries. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. Um, and we're sliding to the right a, in a lot of places. We talked about that a little earlier, right? We're fighting that off. But those forces are out there here. They're out there in the United States. There, we just saw in Brazil a very, very contentious election. Right, the the conservatives hold power in the UK, and they've been through like fourteen leaders this year. But they hold power yeah. in a very controversial way as well. And but there was something about Ukraine that held our interest. That said, hey, you can't fucking do that. And part of it was Russia. It's that it's Russia, right? And they're walking towards Europe, and we don't want to see that. But uh, I think, in a lot of ways, our response to it was a little weak. And um, and now our attention is a little weak. This is still happening to Ukraine. Um, Vladimir Zelensky was just in the United States to speak to their Congress, trying to make the case, right? We still need your help. We still need this military assistance. And I, I think, unfortunately, in the world we live in, our attention span is shit. And for the most part, people have... It's, it's fallen yeah. off the front page. It's fallen off the top story of the news. And we're, we're doing our own thing over here, and we're kind of over it. And I don't know what yeah. that's going to mean for them. Let's finish up our uh, New Year's Eve chat with uh, something a little lighter. I'm going to hit you with a couple things here, man. Um, and we'll try and do these roughly in order that they're going to happen. Who's going to win Super Bowl 57 this year? 2023 i got the Bengals winning over san francisco 49ers okay i think joey burr i think joey burr joey's burr he's got a tough tough uh tough route he's either got to go through the bills 
or Kansas and then the opposite than the other one. Right. Um, but I think, I think Cincinnati is the most Cincinnati and the 49ers are the most well-rounded teams in the league. Um, and then getting to the final, I think, you know, it's hard to bet against Joey Burr, especially against the 49ers and, uh, Brock Purdy, who's had like, you know, a cup of tea in the NFL, even though I think their offense might be a little bit better. You don't think, um, it, you think it's too late for Baker Mayfield to save, uh, I'm with, there. I'm with you though. I have the exact same Super Bowl, but I have San Francisco winning it. Uh, yeah. the main event. Now, and now, sorry, before you go on there, man, it is hard for me because I've been, I've been pumping San Francisco for a very long time, especially online. Um, I think they have the best defense in the league. And I always want to take the best defense when it comes to a Super Bowl final. Mm-hmm. But I just think given those two situations, Cincinnati's defense is good enough. Um, and their offense is just good enough. And, and Joey Burrow finds a way. The main event of WrestleMania. Let's assume it turns out to be Roman Reigns versus The Rock. What do they do is oh. they put over their guy, their hero, their champion, or not their hero, their champion, though. They've built the company on this guy, but he's the bad guy versus the returning Rock. He's only going to be back for one night. Can is you really he the bad do- guy? Well, Roman, or is he the head of the table? Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, you have to acknowledge the head of the table. Acknowledge me. Uh, the Rock rolls back in, though, as the biggest star in the world main event in hollywood you'd want to put him over you'd want to tell that good story what would they do with this? is it roman I reigns think, or the rock winning i tell you what it is it's the rock starts to mount his comeback and w- maybe solo maybe one of the usos <laughs> causes justin get the slap Samoan in warfare get, gets a gets a hand when he's maybe he's going for the people's elbow and he just catch him by the ankle just long enough for a spear and a Superman punch. Who's your NBA final this year? Ooh, I'm taking the Nuggets and oh, I hate to say it, my friend, it's the Nuggets, and it is either Boston or the New Jersey Nets. I hate, oh, I refuse to call them Brooklyn. Wow. I I think. Uh, it's, you know, they say the beginning of the NBA season is Christmas Day. And based on what we saw on Christmas Day, I, I would not bet against the, the Denver Nuggets, man. Denver, Jokic. Uh, Jokic is going to go down all time as a top 20 player in the league. There's just no doubt in my mind. Um, I don't know if I put money for him to be the MVP again because it's going to be hard to get him there three times in a row. But I think this might be the year he doesn't win the MVP but now with Jamal Murray being back full strength and he's kind of, he's starting to put up those 25, 30 point games. Ooh, buddy. They are a dangerous, dangerous looking team. They're a dangerous looking team. And to have a, basically two point guards on the, on the court at all times is absolutely remarkable. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know if anybody has the answer for, for Jokic yet. Jamal Murray. Would love to see that. Would love to see him get there. He's had a hard road. Would love to see him and the Nuggets get there. Uh, in the Stanley Cup final, I will go first. And I got to tell you, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning take Fuck another you. run. <laughs> I know Boston has still only got, I don't know if they have a single regulation loss at home yet. And out West, this is the year that Vegas gets back there. Um, you know, after going to the cup final in their first year and then still being pretty 
you know, pretty competitive. Couple rounds here and there afterwards. Last year, people underestimated the number of injuries that that team went through. They have a number one center now with Jack Eichel, uh, Mark Stone doing his thing, Alex Petrangelo. Um, they still have that William Carlson, you know, yeah. uh, Riley Smith. Uh, How are they fitting Jonathan all these Marcia? guys in the cap? Yeah, it's a great question, man. Um, they have Honestly rebounded God. well. They're still banged up and hurt now. They will get hurt probably in time for game, or they will get healthy in time for game one of the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, look, Boston looks very good. Um, and I think with Vegas, the goaltending might be a problem. We'll see. But they also at the deadline will no doubt go out and find some cheap but experienced help. I think it's Tampa, yeah. Vegas in the cup final. What about you? I mean, I you know, I got to assume that uh, Vegas will find somebody maybe a steady hand, somebody like a Marc-Andre Fleury or something. Oh, man, if only um, they could have that in. guy. Yeah, I know, right? Um, listen, I, I guess I'll tell you this then. Um, it's going to be nice to finally put the nail in the coffin and just let everybody know that Austin Matthews is the best American player in the league, not <laughs> not Jack Eichel. Yes. I'm going to hold true. I think <laughs> the last thing you want to do is peak like all those old Leaf teams in those November games, Boston. <laughs> I think you got to build resilience. You you could, I, I think re- realistically you could pick any of the three top teams of the East and you could give me a good argument. It like every year in hockey is going to come down to who survives, who's the healthiest and, and, and you know, and some bounces and, and some bounces, right? Um, it's guys skating around on knives with a piece of rubber on ice. It Crazy is the happens. reason why, it is the worst sport to bet. And you guys know, if you follow me on Twitter, I, I post my wins and I post my losses guys. I I don't just cherry pick. I let you know when I had an awful day (laughs) and I let you know, sometimes I might only post the win and tell you this saved me today. Right. But I let you know when I lost like this last week, two weekends ago now uh, over Christmas weekend, I went like, Oh, and four of my NFL picks and then picked it up on the bat. My, you know, NBA picks, Saved my ass, quite frankly. Um, Quit dancing. I'm going to make you pick a final here, man. We need a no, final. No, I'm taking man. the Leafs. I'm taking the Leafs, baby. Okay. This is the year. Who are they this beating? Is... Fuck, doesn't matter. But um, yeah, yeah, fucking, I don't know. Maybe, man. Definitely not the Oilers. They don't have anything to back end. <laughs> uh, Calgary's not going anywhere with that team. Let's be serious. Um, yeah, I, I mean, oh, God. Could be Colorado again. I want to see somebody good. from that, that central that like I would say Dallas because you know there's Winnipeg's always that team that comes right. yeah. kind of out of no yeah come on the Winnipeg's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I, I I'd be more worried about like yeah Dallas just catching fire at the end and you know pulling out some last minute heroics here and there. We move over so to baseball. Uh, I don't see anyone in the NL West knocking off the Dodgers yet. Although I continue to love what the Padres are doing. They don't stop adding. Um, and I, I'm big into that yeah. in, in baseball. Uh, the Mets also continue to kind of start, uh, you know, load up. But I think the Dodgers come out of the NL. But do we trust the Mets? Like, aren't the Mets like the? No, I don't. That's why I picked yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah. And I think people like, are going to be surprised this Atlanta. year coming out of the AL. Atlanta will be there too. Coming out of the AL, surprising everyone, the Seattle Mariners. I think yeah, who took yeah, a took a step, got their you know some young players into the mix last year. And the, the the biggest thing that you would say they were missing was just one more bat in the middle of their lineup, and they went out and they got one, and they took it yeah. from us in Oscar yeah. Hernandez. Yeah, uh, I could see Seattle versus the Dodgers. The other thing about Seattle is 
you know, other than Houston, they get to just beat up on a pretty mediocre AL West, which yeah. will help them, you know, really get a pile of uh, of wins throughout the regular season. I think this is the year they take another step. Maybe the Astros start to take a step back. We'll see. So I got Mariners, Dodgers yeah. in the World Series in a West. Well, as long Coast as it's series. not the Rangers, as long as it's not the Rangers, and they keep adding guys, guys too, right? Like, and I keep laughing, yeah. right? They keep adding people. I'm like, ah, you're gonna go lose. But the more of them they keep adding. It, less likely they just added Uvalde there uh, Nathan Uvalde earlier yeah. this week so uh, yeah they're coming along but I, to me they don't touch yeah. Houston or Seattle yet yeah I, I think I think to be very honest the Jays are a much better team right now than Twitter would have you believe yeah no they're coming along I think I think not only coming along but I think there's some choices that have been made um they broke up the barrio I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think there's been some choices and some decisions that were made to say, hey, listen, we are in this for the next two and a half, three years. Yep. So let's get rid of the friends, the best friends. Yep. Let's let's make sure we're all serious all year long. Because I think we can all agree the cl- how close the Jays got at the end of the season. Had they been taking the first 70 games seriously, they might have been able to make that up. And they might have had a different matchup, and they might have been in a different place. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't want to just. I know it's you know they didn't make the big splash, but I also think the Jays are in a different position than some of those other teams where we're also. They've you know, lost a little got, def- offense, but they've made up a ton of defense. They're far but, better okay. on the base paths now as well. Yes, like, this yes. Is... And, and, but what what I was going to say here, Matt, is like unlike a lot of those other teams. Again, we've got guys going into year twenty-four. We got guys going into year twenty-five. Yep. And I know, you know, pitching's always, you know, pitching's always, you know, one year to the next. I know, but you got, you got Kirk, or sorry, not Kirk. You got Manoa. Yep. You've got Gossman. You got. I think Barrios actually. Better, of course. I, I, I think he make the way he. I mean, he had just the weirdest statistical season last year. Weirdest season I've like out of anybody at that skill level that you would ever expect to see, he's not going to do that again. Right. He, he will find his way. I have, I have confidence in that, especially being the third starter. Now. Um, I think they're good on the back end. Now I know we traded tail, but we got some good relievers. Um, if they could ever keep a couple relievers healthy, we'd be much better. Are you about to and, book you know, another Toronto team into another final? I, I don't think they're ready for the final. Okay. No, I don't think they're ready for the final, but I don't, I, I would still say, you know, if they were lock, you know, lockstep with Seattle, which I don't see they weren't last year. Yeah, it's not crazy at all. No, maybe Seattle had our number because they went four and zero or four and one against well, us. Well, people but, forget we were up eight nothing on Seattle and blew it. So no, no, no. Like, and I'm, not, I'm not saying like I'm not. Saying I'm that saying to be Toronto but I'm saying, no, was not significantly behind Seattle. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yes, they weren't significantly behind us or behind them. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think the difference is you've got Bo Bichette. You've got Kirk, you've got Jansen, you've got, um, you've got Vladdy for God's sake, taking hopefully another step forward. We're all the, like a lot of these other teams are like, yo, we've got our star. And I know, you know, they've got J rod and stuff, but they don't, they've got J rod. They don't have that. Not a lot of teams have five, six promising stars on your team I'm with that you, you're expecting. We'll have time to, to tee off the chase. Give me a World Series final. Give me one. Oh, <laughs> fuck. You know I love to justify it, right? Oh, God. Um, if I had to give you a World Series final, um, 
Who are we saying? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an oddball here. Okay. I'm gonna say. Um, if you say Tampa, I'm, I'm choke you... slamming you right off the podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say Cleveland. Okay. Um, yeah. I was gonna That's say a soft division. They could come out of there. Yes, coming just coming out, and you know that you know they play good baseball all the time. I say Cleveland, and uh, let's give it to um, San Diego. Oh, love that man! I would love to see the 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 Padres get over the hump. Yeah. Right, they're fun. They got an owner in a small market I think spending the, I, money on I big think players. San Diego is closer to LA than we think. I agree with and that. I think I think with uh, is it Tatis coming back yep. off the uh, PEDs? That's right. And uh, you know, PEDs or not, that guy could play baseball. Hundred percent. Um, whew, that could be a dangerous, dangerous lineup, man. Uh, man, it's been fun. This is what we do on New Year's Eve, a year in review. There was a thousand stories this year, a pile of things that uh, that we could have touched on. We got to as much we, of it as we could, and we didn't uh, even talk about CM Punk. I can't believe it. Can't. <laughs> I think we got enough wrestling in there, but we'll we will absolutely hit some more of that. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if beyond everybody's wildest beliefs, Punk ends up back there. And uh, yeah, I know. More business. We'll see. We'll tea, see. Tea leaves. Tea leaves, baby. Maddie Lang, what are you doing on New Year's Eve? Oh, my good friend. Uh, I think um, I'm about to head out to see local Toronto cover band Dwayne Gretzky. Oh, nice. And, uh, they're they're going to be they're playing over New Year's. I don't know how they get the OK to play over New Year's this year, but uh, they're playing the uh, Drake venue history. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something to do with not something too crazy. So it uh, should be a good night, though. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, and what about yourself, my friend? Yeah, still hanging out here at the lake. We'll we'll gather up some people. We'll uh, some, got some friends and family down uh, not too far. We'll probably throw down maybe a you know a fire outside, just some drinks or whatever. Be a little more low key than that. Like I said, uh, when we do all these New Year's shows, the reason you're still in touch with the cool kids is because you still go out and do things. Whereas I, I hang out <laughs> in the backyard around the fire and and be kind of curmudgeonly, right? So that'll be my New Year's Eve. But uh, as always, buddy. Uh, happy to put this show together with you and, and get ready to ring in 2023. Thank you, man, for everything you've done for the show in 2022. We did the, the Lakeside pod in June. You made the trip to Ottawa for episode 1000 in August. Uh, countless late night phoners. And you were calling in from somewhere in the goddamn Caribbean during the Leafs playoffs run. Uh, man, an MVP for the podcast this year. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, listen, I, I appreciate you. I even appreciate Rob. Um, <laughs> man, I, ha- happy, happy, and you've heard me say this, happy to be part of the TCA family. Um, you know, help any way I can. Uh, appreciate all the interactions with all the listeners, especially on Twitter. Um, they follow me on Instagram. They follow me on Twitter. Uh, thank you to all you guys. I hope you guys had a great uh, holiday season, however you spend it. Uh, you're having a great New Year's. Um, and a better 2023 to everybody. Maddie, um, happy to call you, my friend. I love you. Have a great time by the fire and uh, have a beer for me as well. You know, I can take care of that last one for sure. Um, appreciate everything you do, man. Appreciate you. Love you back. And uh, happy new year to you. Happy new year to the good listener. We'll talk to you all in 2023. I'll take it by your silence. I'm free to walk out the door But by the look in your eyes I can tell You don't think I'll be back for more I try to think of